0: Welcome to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland is a world-renowned leadership expert. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and he has served as the president of two universities. The Leader's Notebook is brought to you by Global Servants. For more information about Global Servants, please visit our website, globalservants.org. Here is your host, Dr. Mark Rutland. The essence of turnaround leadership is actually leadership. I know that sounds simple, but it's true. Hello, I'm Mark Rutland. Welcome to The Leader's Notebook. I'm so glad that you've joined me for this episode, particularly, this is the second in a series on turnaround leadership. It's going to be largely based on my New York Times bestseller, Relaunch, which I hope that you will get and read if you haven't done, and that you will get some copies and share with others who are interested in the strenuous undertaking of turnaround leadership, whether that's a company or an organization or a home cell group or a megachurch. There are transferable concepts that can be mastered, managed, and used regardless of the context. At the end of this broadcast, someone is going to tell you exactly how to get a deep discount on the book Relaunch. I want you to have it, and I hope that you'll read it, and that it'll be a great blessing to you. Now, let me... uh, Say to you as I begin today's episode, I want to pay homage to a man who impacted my life profoundly, deeply. The late Dr. Paul Laverne Walker. He was the pastor for many, many years at the great Mount Perrin Church of God in Atlanta, and then subsequently became the general overseer of the Church of God in Cleveland, Tennessee. He was the consummate genius, and he was an instrument of God in my life to change the direction, the trajectory, and altitude and velocity of my life, he was the first person to deeply impact my understanding of what high-altitude leadership really meant. I began to preach there as an occasional visitor in the 80s. I was doing my work with Global Servants, of which I remain president for 40 years, and now uh, my son Travis Rutland is the president. It continues to go forward. Global Servants have been tremendously successful and used of God. I'm very grateful for it. We have two girls' homes. The revenue that comes into Global Servants supports these girls in Thailand and West Africa. I'm very grateful for the missionary work, the evangelistic work, church planting, schools we've built, all the rest that is what i wanted to do that's all i ever wanted to do until god brought dr paul walker into my life i had um, a very disappointing day i had a complicated time i had tried to do something and it it didn't work it wasn't a failure that i attempted it was some property we wanted to buy we were talking about planting a church in the united states and it seemed like it just crumbled in my fingers the people we were trying to buy from, didn't have a clear title, everything. It just went south. I came home from the lawyer's office upset over that and told my wife that I had lost that and it wasn't going to happen. And right at that moment, the phone rang. It actually was not my finest moment. The voice at the other end of the phone said, this is Paul Walker. I'm the pastor at Mount Perrin Church of God. I'd like to talk to you about being my associate pastor. I thought it was a friend of mine, and the voice reminded me of a friend of mine who had been at the meeting with me where we found out we weren't going to get the property, and I thought he was giving me a hard time. So I said, yeah, right, and I'm Robert E. Lee. Uh, Dr. Walker didn't hang up. He didn't get angry. He just started over again. If you knew Dr. Paul Walker, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. He just simply lifted the needle Off of the record, put it back on the first groove and started playing again. I'm Dr. Paul Walker from Mount Perrin Church of God. I'd like to talk to you about being my associate pastor. He was a serious man with a serious purpose. Thankfully, he didn't just hang up. He was calling to make a proposal. Mount Perrin had two large locations, 18 miles apart, and membership of more than 9,000 people. Dr. Walker had been shuttling back and forth between these huge facilities on Sunday mornings, and it was literally wearing him out. And he asked if I would be willing to come to Mount Perrin for two years and help him get the two congregations settled. Well, on the surface, the idea of my being the preaching associate at a great Pentecostal church, huge, high-dollar, highly successful Pentecostal church, just seemed ridiculous. Um, I I was doing work in the third world. I was spending sometimes months at a time living in uh, Indian villages in the Amazon tributaries in Peru uh, that were on the edge of the Stone Age. I was far more comfortable preaching off the hood of a Land Rover in West Africa than I was preaching on the platform of a high-dollar megachurch in North Atlanta. So I figured what business did I have being on the staff of this high-profile megachurch in a very affluent part of a prosperous city. It was going to mean a charge to me that I had to receive that charge that I was called to this. Furthermore, it was going to cause a change in how I defined myself and what I expected from life and and leadership and what was expected of me. It was hugely intimidating. It was also very exciting It was a new opportunity, a great new direction, a door, a wide, marvelous door was opening. Maybe I thought to myself this was going to be a time for change. Maybe this was a time to experience something entirely different. One of my great concerns was that I wasn't being challenged in what I was doing, uh, that I was so in charge of my work, so fully understood my work, that it just wasn't demanding more of me each day. Nothing about my life at that time was forcing growth. There was excitement. There was adventure in the overseas world and in the overseas work. But I wasn't being pressed to reach new heights of leadership and understanding. So this is what I had to ask myself. Was Dr. Walker's offer a cruel distraction or was it the opportunity of a lifetime? My wife and I had to really get in with God and with each other and try to discern an answer. And after a lot of thought and discussion and, and prayer and time re-examining our dreams, my wife and I came to see that it was indeed the opportunity of a lifetime, a life-changing open door. And we took the plunge. Mount Perrin was a, a post-graduate laboratory in serious leadership. It was like a, the sun had come up on a new day. Everything I knew about leadership to that point, I had acquired from pastoring uh, smaller Methodist churches, relief work in Africa and South America. I was the president of my student body in high school. I wasn't sure exactly how that prepared me for leadership in a megachurch. I had quarterbacked a high school football team. There's leadership aspect. I had coached, but this was new terrain. This was high-altitude, sophisticated brand of multifaceted leadership that I knew was going to challenge me. I thought it was going to challenge me every single day. Nothing in my professional or life experience, however, nothing in my wildest imagination prepared me for what it was really going to mean. Before I went to Mount Perrin, I had assumed that leading some kind of a big operation was just like leading a small organization, only, well, bigger. I was in for a shock. Staff development, tactical planning, strategic planning, the innovative use of technology, sophisticated financial management, advanced administrative processes, staff management, all of this combined with the inspirational platform leadership of a Pentecostal church, All of this was at a level that I had never even known existed, let alone taken part in. What I wish I could tell you is that I was there, that I stepped in beside the esteemed and late, great Dr. Paul Walker, and that we just worked together in lockstep leadership from that point on. I would like to be able to tell you that, but it would be a lie. I didn't even know how to operate the phone system. They gave me a full-time secretary. I didn't know how to operate the secretary either. She said, what do you want me to do? I thought to myself, go out to your desk and wait until something occurs to me. The thought of managing that secretary was more frightening to me than anything I'd experienced in the jungle. There just seemed to be no end to what I didn't know. I came out of a very... High blown board meeting. Doctor Walker took me into a board meeting with him. He was he was wonderful to me. He 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 let me sit at his right elbow. He was like Potiphar. He withheld nothing from me. But there was terminology in that meeting I I didn't even know what it meant. As we came out, one of the businessmen kind of said to me, "You know, Doctor Walker is the best cash flow man in Atlanta." I nodded sagely. Mmm, I said. But the problem was, I didn't know what the best cash flow man in Atlanta even meant. I had to go and look up the phrase in a business book. That's how clueless I was. Yet everything I saw made me hungry to learn more. I just remember thinking, someday, I want a businessman to talk about me that way. I want to be the kind of minister that businessmen Respect professionally. I want to be a minister that is not just not just there tending the sheep, but a leader. I soon came to a crisis point. Clearly, at Mount Perrin Church of God, I had stepped in a hole that was way over my head. Maybe I'd made a terrible mistake. I, I envisioned myself running out my two-year contract, trying to enjoy the ride the best I could, and then getting on with my life. I was 41 years old. I thought I was an old dog learning new tricks. Now that I'm 73, I realize how young 41 is. I had been given a possibility to step to another level professionally. I knew that I was either going to have to improve myself, improve my game. I was going to have to step everything up to a whole nother level or I needed to get out. I was not going to be able to coast at this high altitude, high velocity church. There was no way I would soon be a thorn in Dr. Walker's side instead of a blessing in his leadership. So my hunger to grow outweighed my fear. I hung in there. I stayed. I grew. I made a lot of mistakes, as I did at Mount Perrin. I was like a guy who had been running a hardware store who suddenly found himself working alongside business in the in the Trump organization. The first time I gave a speech as a part of my new role, I mentioned to the audience that having just come back from Africa, I had to go to Sears and buy myself a new suit. Some of the businessmen in that audience laughed out loud. The very thought of the associate pastor of Mount Perrin buying his, his, his suits from Sears made them laugh right out loud. I, I didn't even know why they were laughing. I didn't know what I had said wrong or what was funny. Later, when I told Allison about it, she gently said, Mark, I don't think any of the men in that room are buying their suits at Sears. It got worse. The very first time I sat on the stage with Dr. Walker in the middle of the worship service, he leaned over and whispered in my ear, are those your best shoes? I said, Dr. Walker, they're, they're my dress shoes. They're my only dress shoes. He said, if you, if you can't afford them, I'll pay for them. But I don't want to see those shoes on this platform ever again. And he looked me right in the eye and he said, now listen to this. New platform, new shoes. I could have taken some kind of offense at that. I could have uh, put some blame on Dr. Walker that he was an elitist or something. That's not what he was saying. And I realized it, that his intention was good, his heart was right, and he was giving me a life lesson. When you step up to a new level, everything has to change. Not the superficiality of new shoes. He was making a point. It was time for me, Mark Rutland, third-world evangelist, to experience reinvention. In his generous mentoring of me, Dr. Walker kept driving home this idea that a leader's self-presentation has to inspire confidence in those who follow. He insisted on professionalism. I had a doctorate, but no one had ever called me Dr. Rutland. I was just Mark. Finally, he said, Mark, I I want you to finish your doctorate while you're here. I said, Dr. Walker, I have a doctorate. I have a PhD. He said, well, you're not going to be Mark here. He said, I'm making a statement with the staff here, and it's not going to be Dr. Paul Walker and Dr. Mel Holmes and Mark. So he pasted the label on me, Dr. Mark Rutland. I'd never used it before, but I saw his point. It was not a matter of self-promotion. It was for the congregation's benefit, not mine. He insisted that I be called Dr. Rutland. The congregation needed to know that it was safe to follow their leaders. Shoes and titles weren't the most important aspect of that confidence, but they were a part of it. Dr. Walker was teaching me professional leadership in all of its facets. Mount Perrin was a congregation of professionals who wanted their leader to be a professional. Watching Dr. Walker at Mount Perrin is one of the greatest learning experiences of my life, but you can't imagine how intimidating it was. I saw high-octane, high-energy, high-altitude leadership. I sat at Dr. Walker's elbow, and I saw genius firsthand. In short... He helped me step off of the hood of a Land Rover and onto the platform of high-impact leadership. I didn't learn turnaround leadership at Mount Perrin because Mount Perrin didn't need turning around. What I did learn were the fundamentals of leadership and management. I learned financial management, budget preparation, staff oversight, board relations. I saw how Dr. Walker worked with powerful people in the community on Friday And then how he encouraged a weeping woman after church on Sunday. I learned how to run a business meeting, saw professionals, ask Dr. Walker some hard questions and how he handled himself. Then I saw how he let them disagree, how he compromised, where he stood his ground. The give and take of business professionals was all new to me. I watched, I learned, and I changed. By the end of our original two-year agreement, I truly felt comfortable in Dr. Walker's world. I came to love Mount Perrin and all it taught me. I assumed I would stay on there for years and years. Dr. Walker certainly wanted me to stay. He offered me my future at Mount Perrin on a silver platter. He was always gracious. I felt, though, that I had learned, I had experienced what I was sent there to learn, and I felt that it was time to move on. I began getting phone calls about other opportunities, other openings. Many of these appealed to me. I took this as a sign that it was time for more. It was time for my first lesson in turnaround leadership. From that moment on, the next three major opportunities of my life, Calvary Church, Southeastern College, and then Oral Roberts University, were living laboratories of the challenges of turnaround leadership. Each of them required many, many things, but first of all, most of all, the boldness to step into the arena. I want to say this to you as I begin to close. Now, listen to this. Before you can be used in turnaround leadership, you have to find the courage to step into a situation that needs a turnaround. There's no reason they want you. They don't need you unless they need you. (laughs) So when they call you and say, we got a problem here, the ship is on the reef, the business is in trouble, the ministry is struggling, you have to know that's going to be some of the most strenuous leadership that you've ever done. It can also be some of the most rewarding. Our son Travis was invited to take a small church. It was a difficult church. I could tell that. I looked at the books. I looked at the situation, the debt that the previous pastor had run up. I saw all of that. And I said to him, Travis, this this doesn't look like a good situation. I urge you not to take it. This church is in a real mess. He smiled at me and he said, Daddy, how was I raised? This is all you've ever done. It's all I've ever seen is turnaround leadership. Now you're going to tell me not to take the risk. It's too late. Well, I laughed with him, and he's done a great job there. He has turned it. It's been a a marvelous thing to watch. But what he said is right. That's high risk. Once you learn that this is going to challenge you, tax you, deplete you like nothing you've ever done, but that it's also going to be the risk of an adventure. Once you undertake that, once you see that that is where God is leading you, Yes, the hard work begins of a turnaround, but also the thrill of an adventure. Next week, we'll be talking as we go forward about turnaround leadership. Now, stay tuned. I want someone to tell you how you can receive my New York Times bestseller, Relaunch. God bless you. Until we meet again, this is Mark Rutland, and this is The Leader's Notebook. To order a copy of Relaunch, please visit the store at drmarkrutland.com. Enter promo code Relaunch to receive $7 off of each book. To order by the case, call us toll free at 888-823-8772. Thank you for listening to The Leader's Notebook.